재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Last week, a major announcement by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan. They said they were going to give away 99% of their shares in Facebook throughout their lifetimes. Uh, this was a big announcement. A lot of people paid attention to it, really commemorating the birth of their child. However, uh, immediately afterwards, uh, there was a bit of a backlash. Some people pointing out that this was not going to be a charitable foundation or non-profit group, but rather... Uh, they're going to set up a limited liability company, which means they can engage in for-profit activities. Uh, there were some explanations and clarifications made as to why they would set up an LLC. But we're going to try to understand more about uh, what's going on. An expert on the issue of philanthropy joining us on the line, Professor Katharina Farrow, who is co-director of the Center for Charitable Giving and Philanthropy at Cass Business School in the U.K. on the line. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg announcing this uh, very major uh, donation uh, throughout his lifetime. In fact, he says 99% of his uh, wealth. Uh, did that announcement, um, I suppose, in, when you were uh, listening to it or reading about it, uh, did it strike you in any way as unusual, or was it more par for the course with all these billionaires these days kind of following this trend? Yes, it's very much a part of what's been happening with some of the billionaires in the U.S. who've made massive global fortunes to begin to pledge a, a very large chunk of that money to charitable causes and social causes because, of course, as you said, this is not just going to charity. It's going to take a much wider canvas to what he might do. And again, I guess... The clarifications that are needed, because a lot of people automatically said, oh, you're setting up an LLC, you're trying to make a lot of money because you can um, do investments, uh, make profits on those investments. Can you explain and help our listeners understand uh, why you would want to set up a limited liability company rather than a nonprofit? Well, it does give you a um, greater flexibility in what you might do, and some people are beginning to take much more entrepreneurial approaches to tackling social issues. So um, an LLP certainly means you can invest in uh, social enterprises and companies that you think um, have a great deal of promise, uh, which you can't do, of course, if, if you're only investing in, in non-profits. And I think it gives them a great deal of flexibility tax-wise as well because you can offset some of the profits um, from some of his activities against uh, gifts made to charity and others. Right, so the cynics who do say, oh, he's in it for the money, th that, that contention basically is wrong. I think that's wrong, yes. I think it's astute, I think it's sensible, hmm. but I don't think it's right to say he's totally in it for the money. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to give some away to be charitable and you have, <laughs> you have to give some away to get a tax break. Sure, sure. Now... You mentioned this uh, trend of billionaires who are uh, donating a large percentage of their wealth to, to various causes, whether it's charitable foundations or setting up their own um, uh, thing like an entity like the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, is this a recent phenomenon in the sense that it, it appears to the casual observer that Bill Gates sort of led the way, but if we look back in history at the Rockefellers and uh, other um, massively wealthy people, hasn't um, the idea of philanthropy uh, been quite strong among the nations uh, or, or the world's richest people, or is there something different about today's modern billionaires? <laughs> well, 
Well, certainly the tradition of making major gifts goes way back long before Carnegie and the major philanthropists of the U.S. And, of course, it has occurred in every culture and faith across the globe for many centuries. I think what's changed is the scale of money that has now been made globally by some of these people. And so we're seeing people now giving away money that's, in, it, that's sometimes as big as the, um, the whole economy of a small country mm. or as great as the whole budget of a major country in one area like health. So they're becoming very major players indeed. You've seen... Uh some of the successes uh, reported uh, in terms of what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been able to do uh, with various causes like combating malaria in, in Africa. But there are still some skeptics, Professor, as to the whole idea of charity saying that you can't eradicate poverty or some of the other major problems in the world simply through <coughs> charitable giving. You need it, it takes a wider concerted effort, including governments, the private sector, uh, what have you. Uh, you, as an expert, um, how do you address those skeptics? I, I think it's absolutely right that it is not possible for the philanthropy, given the scale it has today, which is probably not much more than around 1% of our total expenditure, to solve um, the major problems of poverty. It can't do that. A lot of people are making very large claims about what they can do to change the world, and these claims go way beyond the contribution they can make. Mm. And I think sometimes that's quite worrying because instead of looking at what they can sensibly do with the amount of money they've got, um, they're making much wider claims for what they can actually achieve. Um, so, uh, I, I, I mean, and also the other whole side of it is that this money is not accountable to in, in any kind of democratic way. Right. It's uh, at the whim of major donors what they spend on, who they consult about how to spend it. So they may not um, necessarily be tackling the things that would most help address poverty. Hmm. Now, again, as the uh, co-director of the Center for Charitable Giving and Philanthropy at Cass Business School, uh, maybe we could get your advice in terms of, let's say, hypothetically, with a Mark Zuckerberg and he's setting something up or uh, <laughs> we've had other billionaires like Bill Gates... What are the best practices as far as how charities generally should be funded and operated? Best practices? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, first of all, let me say I think that people who have been hugely successful in business uh, and in other areas of our um, economy and creative life have an enormous amount to give to charities and to charitable activities, so I warmly welcome their involvement. In terms of good practice, I think we have to be looking at making sure they have wide, balanced boards of governance that, um, that they take into consideration a very wide um, range of expertise when they decide what to do, that they learn from what others have done. In other words, that they embark on a, an educational program. And there are increasingly um, sources of education and advice for major donors, and I, I think we have to welcome that and hope that it will develop. The There's a school for social entrepreneurs being set up at the London School of Economics, which in fact is funded by a major donor in the UK. Generally speaking, then, you would say you are, on the whole, optimistic as to the direction uh, everything's going right now? Well, I think it's very important that in a world where people are making very large fortunes, much, much more than they can possibly spend themselves, it's extremely important that they do give it away to social and charitable causes. 
but I think we need to continue to develop a debate and a dialogue around how that money is being spent and, you know, look at it in a, a friendly but critical way. Very good. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Professor Farrell, thank you very much for joining us and appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Professor Katharina Farrell, co-director of the Center for Charitable Giving and Philanthropy at Cass Business School. Soul City News is up next.